Dr. Julian Ford, the president of ISTSS. Um, I'm really, really excited to have this opportunity to speak with him and interview him about some questions. Thank you, Angel. It's great to talk with you. Tell me, what's, what would you like to know about me, the, the meeting, the society? I guess um, just to start, what, what exactly does um, your president title entail, um, just in addition to the board of directors? and? So the, the society has a board of directors that are uh, elected to really guide the society in making decisions to support the members, to advance the field of traumatic stress studies so that we learn more and more and are better able to help people who survive trauma. And the board of directors is led by a president who is also elected, and I've had the, I've been very honored to be selected as the president this year. And the president's responsibility really is to to work with the board, not to give orders, but to be a, a guide and a facilitator for the board so that, well, for example, we, we realized in our society that um, in the past year that we have a number of educational programs and uh, fact sheets and webinars, and many of them are out of date. They're, they were very good when they were made, but they, they need to be refreshed. They need to be updated. Um, and there are areas that we haven't really covered that we actually should be covering. So we've decided that we need to put into place a whole new process for developing education. And in order to do that, I worked with a, a team, a, a vice president who I appointed, and a secretary, a treasurer, and a past president. And together, we put together a, a plan that was actually based on a report from some consultants who advised us how to be, how how to have a business plan for our society. In other words, how to how to actually run the society in a way where we're accomplishing what we want to accomplish, but we're also uh, conserving the, the funds that we have and making sure that we have enough money so we can do the things we want to do. Right. And so we took that business plan and we matched it up with the society's strategic goals, goals like to promote excellence in research and clinical practice with trauma survivors and to support innovation and to be a strong and healthy, financially healthy organization. We matched that all up and my job as president was to pull all of that together and suggest a, a, a way for the organization to go forward. And so I worked with this leadership team, and we developed a, a plan so that we'll now have a several-step process of selecting what education is needed, producing education products that actually are meaningful and useful, that are brief, that are to the point, and then reviewing them to make sure that they're of the highest quality before we then put them on our website or disseminate them through social media or, or do trainings or presentations on them. So again, my sorry, a long answer, but my job is to really work with the leadership team and the board to help move the society forward, but building on the work that's been done with our predecessors over many, many years. 
was wondering, this is kind of a little more personal question. I know you're the president of the board of directors, but why exactly are you the president of ISTSS specifically? Because you could be the president of any organization, so uh, why this one? That's a great question, Rachel. Um, I am a member of ISTSS and have been for almost 30 years now because this is the organization of all the professional organizations that I know of, um, and there are many, you're right, that is really my best professional home because this is the one professional society that really focuses on bringing science and clinical practice together yeah. to benefit trauma survivors. And that's really been my goal in my career. So that's why I am the president of this society um, and not any other organization, professional organization. Thank you. Sure. So I'm glad you mentioned the, the clinical practice and, and speaking about how this can help trauma survivors uh, because something that I have a little bit of difficulty with um, as an artist approaching this very scientific uh, stratum where everything is about populations and by the nature of the way research works it has to be this data-driven yes. thing and so, you know, I think that there's this interesting tension between the population and the large scale and then not losing that this is about an individual who's suffering. And so how, how has that tension uh, worked in your time as president uh, just with ISTSS and, and also just as um, you know, a human and a, and a person navigating these waters? Well, that's that's a great question, Spencer, and, th and that is really the probably the most important question that all of us in this field as professionals face. We can easily lose track of the fact that our work is all about people, mm -hmm. one person at a time. Yeah. We want to help larger communities, sometimes even entire societies, but it all comes down to helping one person at a time to be able to recover from or to not have to experience trauma or violence and I think the way that we try, the way that I've tried, let me speak for myself, that I've tried to resolve that dilemma and I think the many people in the field are doing similar things in their own way is that whenever, whenever I do a research study or read about a research study that someone else has done, I always think I turn it around and think, what would it be like for me if I was one of the people who was in that study? And I can't put, be in their shoes exactly, of course. I don't, don't want to pretend that I can be in anybody else's shoes. But I think, what is it that these individuals, one at a time, are telling us about their experience so it's not just counting up numbers? And, and I think one of the best examples of that was the, the opening speech that Judith Herman, Dr. Judith Herman, gave yesterday morning, where she quoted the, the voice of survivors several, several times, in fact, more than anything else. And when I think about this, the, the research studies that I've been fortunate enough to do, what I've learned the most about from those studies is from the specific experiences and stories and personal moments that survivors have shared with me or with my colleagues like Dr. Chang. Mm. So I think as long as we, we have to, I should, let me put it in a, in a different sense, we have to as professionals constantly go back and say, what, what have I heard from the people who I'm 
working with in this research study? What are they telling me? I'll tell you one other quick anecdote, and that is one of the most meaningful experiences I've had as a, as a researcher myself was in a study that Dr. Chang conducted the, the in, a treatment for women who were incarcerated in our, in our prison system in Connecticut. And after we did the study and we collected all of our data and we tested out our, the therapies that we were testing out, the women who were involved in that study invited me to come and speak with them personally. And I, I would never have presumed to invite myself, but I was so honored that they invited me. And I learned more, I think, from that roundtable. There were about 30 women. Dr. Chang was there also. And they just told me, this is what this intervention has done for me. This is how it's helped me. This is how it could be better. This is how I've used it when I was about to get into an argument with my roommate and we both could have gotten into a lot of trouble, but instead I was able to say SOS and just refocus. And to me, hearing that from those women told me that we were doing something of value even more than the numbers we were able to collect for the research. And it was one woman at a time. So thank you for that question, Spencer. Thank you.